Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Welcome into the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Before we get to today's episode, I want to tell you about a great sponsor of the network and of this podcast, and that is AutoNation. You're familiar with AutoNation if you're looking to buy or sell a vehicle. AutoNation is where you want to go. They're the largest auto retailer from coast to coast. And of course, they have locations all over South Florida. Their friendly and knowledgeable staff here in South Florida will help you save big on a huge selection of new cars, trucks, and SUVs, Toyota, Honda, Chevrolet, Mercedes-Benz, and much, much more. And if you're looking to buy pre-owned, shop AutoNation's huge selection of one-price pre-owned vehicles. They're all clearly marked with one price, their lowest price guaranteed. Or if you want to get rid of that old car, Turn it into cash today, get a top dollar offer, and a check the very same day. They'll buy your car with no purchase necessary. Is your check engine light on? Right now, get the services you need at low AutoNation prices, oil changes, tires, batteries, and more, all for less. Call or visit AutoNation.com to schedule your appointment today. And one more thing, if you're in the market for a new car, DM me at 5 Reason Sports on Twitter. That's at the number 5 Reason Sports on Twitter. And I'll give an AutoNation senior manager your info so they can reach out to you directly and walk you through the buying process. That's AutoNation, AutoNation.com. And now, on to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Make sure you check out the other 12 podcasts in our network. You can find them by typing in Five Reasons Sports into your favorite podcast provider. Three Yards Per Carry on the Dolphins is back. Fish Tank, the Dolphins Stories podcast with Seth Led and OJ McDuffie will be back in about a week with new episodes. I've got a huge one coming up for right after the start of training camp. And also, of course, check out Light Skin Opinion, Cinco Rosones. <laughs> I never pronounced that quite properly, and uh, and Ballscast and all of the other podcasts in our network. But right now, we're going to get back to the Heat conversation. I don't have Alf with me today. He's actually taping light-skinned opinions as we speak. I have lighter-skinned opinions than Alf does, um, but, uh, <laughs> but, but I figured I would air some of those here on the podcast, and I'm joined, and I'm really excited to be joined by Candace Buckner. You can find her at Candace D. Buckner on Twitter. I met Candace when she was covering the Indiana Pacers during all those battles with Miami Heat. She now uh, covers the, the, not just the Wizards, but also the NBA uh, for the Washington Post. And there's a pretty good reason why we're having you on. I think you've probably figured it out. Um, Heat fans are obsessed with two players that you've covered. And so, Candace, what kind of what I want to get into with you today is who they are and kind of where they are in their respective careers, because I feel like there's a lot of noise around both of them. And, and, and I kind of actually wanted to start not with Bradley Beal, but with John Wall, because I feel a little bit Candace, like he's just been completely written off at this stage. And, you know, I, everybody hates the contract. Nobody knows exactly when he's right. going to play again. 
Does I'll just put it to you this way: Does John Wall still care about being a great basketball player? Do you think it still matters to him? I absolutely do. I I think um, I well I I think I can't. I was going to say I think when you're a professional basketball player, you care about competing, but that's not a true statement. I think at a certain level, uh, a basketball player, you care about playing. And he, John, is at a certain level. He watches um, high school girls basketball. He watches NCAA basketball. He watches WNBA. He watches um, AAU. He loves basketball. And I just feel like he does want to play, although he's got his contract and he has the five-time all-star status. In a way, he's accomplished uh, a series of um, achievements that very few have. Of course, team success um, is not on his resume, but you would say, okay, he's, he's you know, quote unquote made it. But no, I, I absolutely do think there is, there is a drive to still play, to still be great, and to still be better than, um, the better than, the better than what, he has, um, what he has done. And, and, and John, I think, is a, is a prideful guy. He reads, he, he will tell you, he reads everything. He, he sees the tweets, he sees, um, clips and memes and he knows what people are saying about him um i don't know how healthy it is to be driven by that but that is something that drives john wall and he it's a big goal of him to prove the uh you know the naysayers and the quote-unquote haters wrong that um he he can't come back and be better than what he was after this achilles injury so why has it gotten so negative? I, I mean, obviously the injuries and yeah. Achilles injuries are, are pretty horrible things. And, you know, I, I feel like you know, I've, I've been making this case because people have been saying, you know, I'm, I've kind of made a Tim Hardaway comparison to John because I have said, you know, when the Heat got Tim Hardaway, everybody thought he was cooked. And people are like, well, that was a knee and this is an Achilles. And I'm like, yeah, but back in 1995, an ACL tear was considered to be like, if not career ending, pretty damn close to it. Um, I know Achilles injuries. I mean, Kobe's had it. Dominique Wilkins' career was pretty much finished by it. It's, it's not an easy thing to come back from. I mean, Boogie Cousins, you know, looked kind of up and down a little bit last year. It's probably going to take him another year before he gets back to where he was. Uh, but is there is there something else here? I, because I, I hear the contract. I hear the injury. But again, John was kind of the leader of a team that was a second round team that could have been a conference finals team. And, like, it's, is it that negative in Washington right now? Did they just want him out of there because of the contract and the injury, or, or are people still supportive? I don't see a lot of people. Um, I think – I mean, I'm not constantly on Wizards Twitter, of course. You know, being a, a Wizards Beat reporter, you're, you, you see it. But I, I, I'm not going to speak for Wizards Twitter, but from what I see, I don't see this, you know, outcry to, you know, get rid of John to trade John. Uh, the contract – is darn there immovable. However, however, we have seen in, uh, in other situations, i.e. Blake Griffin in LA, uh, that even if you super max the guy out, you know, nothing is impossible. And I, I really do think a large, I think it's twofold, but a, a large part is the nature of when you're not, when you're not seen and when you're not playing, um, people forget about you. And sometimes that, that, uh, not, not being visible leads to jokes and scorns. And we saw it with Isaiah Thomas. He was mighty might. He was uh, so popular during mm-hmm. the 2017, 2016-2017 um, uh, season and then the playoffs, and especially the tragedy uh, that, uh, that his family faced 
so many people had his support, but the moment he gets traded and kind of falls out of the rotation in, in Cleveland and in LA, it's like, ah, okay, we cool on you. You saw right. it with Blake Griffin um, before his renaissance here. You saw it with Dwight Howard. I think he's, he's the number one um, example of you're so, you're so hot, but once you start getting um, injured, and there were some other things with Dwight, um, you know, people just kind of push you away for some reason. I think the other aspect of it is um, the Wizards were kind of like the underdog fun team to kind of root for, but they, they did talk a lot and they were a little chesty, and they had this swagger that may not have been merited. Um, they liked to talk, but they didn't quite always back it up. And I think that after a while, that wore on people. And I, I think I saw, I saw the evolution of that when I first came here. They were the team that was still saying, you know, we're the best backcourt in the East, or we're the best backcourt in the NBA, and, and all this other stuff that, you know, got them highlights on the jump and got them sound bites, um, on other places and after a while if you're not backing that up all the time then all all the time then you know people are going to say nah we cool on you yeah and and one of the things i want to get into with you uh, about that is the relationship between the two guys so as we transition to bradley beal i remember all that stuff best backcourt in the east i mean that was going back even to the year that i unfortunately had to cover the cavaliers and spend a lot of time in cleveland where i was covering Kyrie and dion and that was the thing. I know, I, right? I, I know that's before you got to DC. You were still covering the Pacers, I think, at the time. But like, that yeah. was that was this competition between Kyrie and Dion, who didn't like each other, uh, and Wall and Beal, who everybody said didn't like each other. As to who was the best backcourt at the East, it was this very weird thing where, of course, the best backcourt in the league was actually in Colt State. But this was kind yeah. of what was getting pushed out there. Um, what is because this this is this has been brought up to me by a few people on Heat Twitter. You mentioned Wizards Twitter. It's funny we talk about it that way, but it is what it is. Uh, but but people on Heat Twitter who've reached out to me and been like, okay, we're all talking about taking John Wall's contract if we're going to get Bradley Beal, but there's been all this talk all these years that they don't even want to play together. Um, how legitimate is that? Do they uh, do they not like each other, or, or is that media fiction? I think the I think it's an old narrative, and I think when something just is, is said. Uh, a lot of times and it becomes just the truth of the matter. But the fact is ever since I was there, uh, so the big story coming in in my, in my first year was uh, Bradley Bill got his max deal and they, they both were featured in this, um, in this TV special and in separate interviews, they both said something along the lines of, Oh, um, John said something who is, is super honest and maybe sometimes to a fault that sometimes we don't like each other on the court. And, and Brad, you know, alluded to uh, there being friction because they're two alpha males and they're two young guys trying to, you know, make their name in the, in the league. And so that was, that was the big story. And, you know, with them basically confirming that all is not well, um, that pretty much just added fuel to that fire. But as far as like they hate each other, I haven't seen that. Um, when you're behind the scenes, when you see guys, in the locker room and you see them after practice after shoot around you know you can read a lot in body language even and you, you just know how a, 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 the ecosystem of a team operates when 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 the practice breaks up and the guys who after practice after physically exerting themselves and being mentally washed and ready to go the guys who still clump together and hang around each other and like joke and laugh 
while they're shooting free throws, you can pretty much tell that those guys are friendly. Now, I'm not saying John and Brad did that all the time, but it was not like one was in the far left corner and the other just sprinted to the far right corner to be away from each other. I just, I, and I've seen them interact too many times in a friendly, jovial, uh, the way that basketball players relate to each other way to show that if, even if they don't like each other, they're able to get along. Uh, there, there are some coworkers that I don't particularly care for, but I can work with them. I can get along with them. Um, and my I, whole I think network, probably, that is, that's my whole network. I like at least three. The light skinned guy. You don't like that light skinned guy. That's right. That's right. That's right. But no, I just feel like um, they're, they're friendly. They're, they're, there's, there's not uh, a very active hate. Like I need to get away from this guy or this guy needs to get traded coming out of them. I, I don't see that. You know, call me, call me naive, but I have not picked that up in the time that I've been there. Yeah, and I think this gets overstated uh, in a lot of ways. I mean, there are a lot of guys. I mean, this came up with Draymond and Durant last year. Um, I've covered a lot of Heat teams. I mean, Mashburn and Hardaway didn't like each other. A lot of the time they played together. Those guys competed together. They were totally different personalities. Tim Hardaway was was totally alpha. Mash kind of wanted to run subways. I mean, you know, and 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 buy KFC. <laughs> like he was not, you know, and and, and they they just didn't click. Like. And I just think we, we make so much of that soap opera sometimes. Like, a lot of a lot of great teams, players don't like each other that much. I mean, the 06 Heat team was a collection of misfits that won a championship because Dwayne went, went you know, scorched earth for for, uh, for basically, you know, uh, six weeks. Um, so I, I, I think it's overstated. I think, it, I think, Candace, it gets made more of with backcourts, right? Because those, those yeah. guys are kind of associated together. Like, you can look at – the, like one of the great backcourts of all time, like Isaiah Thomas and Joe Dumars have nothing in common <laughs> at all, right? Like it was Joe Cool and it was Isaiah who was like the front man for the bad boys. And they were arguably the best backcourt of their era. So I, I just think, uh, I think we make too much of it, but it does come up because obviously the reason I'm having you on this pod is not because the Heat are trying to get John Wall, although that may come mm-hmm. with the territory, but it's because the Heat are trying to get Bradley Beal. So I posed this question on, on a recent podcast with Al. In your view, he went 25-5-5 and last year with pretty decent efficiency, played 82 games, led the league in minutes. Is Bradley Beal a superstar? No, I think that word is tossed around too much. And truly, no shade of disrespect to Bradley Beal. But I believe in, in the NBA, there should be five to six superstars. This guy so you can build a franchise around and win. You can, you, can, you can build your franchise in the image of this one guy. Other guys will come to play with this one guy, and you can win with this one guy. Steph Curry is a superstar. LeBron James is a superstar. Um, Bradley Bill is a very good player. Um, but, you know, superstar, I just, I, I hate, I, I hate overstating the word genius and I hate overstating the word superstar. So uh, he's in that second class. And I do believe next year, he could definitely be all NBA, mm-hmm. um, make one of those teams. And it looks like, it, in, you know, judging by the count of this year, he, he barely missed out. And I think he should have been 13. Um, yeah, but unfortunately, he played for a team that, that only won 32 teams. I'm sorry, ah, 32 wins. Um, yeah, but as far as superstar... I, I, 
I, I, I would agree. I would I would imagine like if paired with Jimmy Butler, mm-hmm. I I'm just because of personalities. I would I would put Jimmy as if if this happens, mm-hmm. I would put Jimmy as the the alpha just because of personality. I I agree with you on that. I mean, clearly Jimmy's an alpha in just about every situation. We saw that in the playoffs last year with Philadelphia, where he was the guy who wanted the ball at the end of games, right? And and even though they have two guys that are they're basically building their franchise around, so I don't think there's any question about that. I I do I do have a question. I wasn't I was going to get to this later, but since you mentioned it. Um, I mean, you know, I mean, I've talked to Jimmy Butler. We're, I'm going to get to know him a lot better down here. I don't know how much you've interacted with him, but he has a certain persona, right? So, I mean, we know what Jimmy is. Um, and I've been doing a bunch of Jimmy Chronicles, or I call them Buckets Backstories, you know, on our podcast to kind of talk yeah. to writers like Casey Johnson and Sean Hyken and and others and others who've uh, – and John Krasinski who've covered him. But – I guess the question is knowing Beal's personality and knowing that, like you said, he's not as much of an alpha as Butler, but he was enough of an alpha to clash at times with wall. How do you think that fit would go? Ah, I think, um, I don't know. I haven't really dealt that much. I see. I would be the one on the outside saying, Oh, you know, Jimmy is a tyrant uh, because I don't know him. I haven't dealt with him. And all, all I know is what I've read. And um, what I've seen on Game of Zones, which which is hilarious, but uh, <laughs> I, I think I, it, it's it is funny. Um, so here's the here's the deal. I do think Bradley wants to be a leader, um, tries hard to be a leader in a positive way, um, and wants to be aggressive. But his personality will always be, I'm going to make the right the right basketball play. He was. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. By far and away the most talented player on the court on most nights um, between both teams. But there were times when he would still pass the ball to second-year center Thomas Bryant. (laughs) And you would think like, oh, why is Bradley Bill all-star passing the ball to Thomas Bryant? It was the right play. So I don't know if – I don't know that much about Jimmy to know if he has that switch to, uh, to, to, to be Jimmy being Jimmy or, to, you know, to make the right play. So how would that work out? You know, I, I don't want to make it seem like Brad will be a shrinking violet. I don't think he's that at all. Football background, four brothers, they're all um, – He's a middle child, but they're all bigger than he is. Um, he comes from a very hyper masculine uh, background, so I don't, I don't think he's one to be pushed over. You mentioned Tom passing the second-year center, Thomas Bryant. I mean, I, I looked at that roster that that the Wizards rolled out there last year, 
And I, I mean, 32 wins, I, I'm trying to figure out how they got there, to be honest, um, based on, you know, I mean, it was basically him and nobody else. I mean, I guess Sadoransky, but I mean, not a lot on that team. Um, is, do you think he, if, if he had his choice, okay, and he could stay or he could go because he's, he's flirting on Twitter lately. Like he flirted with Dwayne. I know he, I know that he admires Dwayne. I know that's why he wears that number, but it's kind of like, that's what's gotten heat fans excited because the same stuff was going on with Jimmy. And then all of a sudden the trade was made. I feel like, you know, I mean, basically Dwayne Wade is like prime recruiter in Miami. Um, and there is a relationship there. Uh, I mean, Dwayne, Dwayne's, I don't know if he's angling for team president or owner. I'm not sure, but whatever it is, he should get it. Um, but, but as far as Bradley goes, do you think if, if you, if you could just, if you could have an honest conversation with him and say, all things are equal. Okay. The money would be equal, which as you know, with a super max, it won't be, but like the money would be equal and everything else. And both teams are going to try to put something around you. Where do you think he would prefer to play Washington or somewhere else at this point? I don't want to be the, uh, the needle pop in the balloon here. Or, you know, you can just assert the wah-wah sound. But knowing Brad, just in the past, because I haven't spoken to him uh, in depth this summer, but just, know, just judging him from what he's told me in the past, in conversations, in interviews, uh, he wants to be a loyal guy. He wants to be a guy who sticks to it. Uh, we had a big conversation right during the, the midst of the, the ugly, um, you know, trade demands or I want out um, um, conversations that uh, Anthony Davis had. He was taking a beating on that. Um, and although Bradley didn't address Anthony Davis directly, you know, he, he's, he mentioned several times that he doesn't want to have the perception that, um, that he's quit. So if the Wizards, you know, all things being equal between Miami and the Wizards, yes, there's South Beach. There's a great franchise that, that already has its culture set while the Wizards are trying to get to that point. Um, I, the Bradley that I've talked to, and I don't want to say I know because we can't who, – who, how do we really know these guys? Right. But the Bradley that, that I'm familiar with, um, he wants to be the guy that people are – Flock too. He wants to be the guy that attracts the free agents. He wants to be the guy to to lead the Wizards out of this this quagmire. He wants to be loyal. So, wah wah. <laughs> I think all things being equal. <laughs> Candace, you just killed it. You just killed it. You just killed. I, I got a whole bunch more podcasts on this planned out. You know, I was gonna go talk to Billy Donovan. Like, I've got a whole list of people that I want to get. Oh, that's good. That's good. I mean, uh, who who knows who knows if that's you know if that's if that's what, how he's feeling then in February. Who knows who he's feeling now in in July? He's about to have he and his um partner about to have another child. Mm-hmm. Maybe he wants to he's he's maybe he's seeing like the end of the tunnel in his life. He's just like a crisis. Like oh my gosh, I'm I'm 26, the father of two, and I'm about to enter my eighth year. I gotta win something. Who knows? Something <laughs> may I don't know. Who knows the hearts and minds of uh, of these guys. But, but that's the thing about him, and uh, this was put on Twitter the other day, and it's just remarkable to me. I mean, you mentioned he's in eighth season. He's 26. I mean, I, like, he's, he's younger than Buddy Heald. It's, it's, it's amazing. That's and, nuts. And, right, and so, <laughs> right, and so th- there's still growth to his game. And, I'm look, I'm not going to stand for the Heat organization here because, I, trust me, as I hear from them all the time, I've killed them enough over the past couple of years for some of the decisions they've made, okay? But 
I mean, if you're a 26-year-old who's become an all-star, who's on the verge of being an all-NBA player consistently, and your choice, okay, and I like D.C., so I don't have anything against D.C., but you, so let's not even make it about Miami and D.C. and the no-state tax and not having to be near the White House and all that good stuff, Ken. So let's not even make it <laughs> – let's not make it about any of that, okay? Let's just make it about what you said, the basketball culture, Okay. And you've got a situation in D.C., which I know you're familiar with. I know that the new guy there is trying to clean things out and start over and, and start fresh, and I think he's done a good job so far. But you're comparing that and that basketball culture, what it's been for the past however long, right? I mean, John Wall broke in. I say this all the time. Like, he didn't have a chance. He broke in with, like, Nick Young, Jordan Crawford, Andre Blatch, and JaVale McGee. Like, you know, this is right. – this yeah. is Wizards basketball. Like, this is – Wizards basketball is the Heat show up and three-quarters of the people there are rooting for the Heat, okay, and even when LeBron's not there. So, I guess I'm comparing that to coming down here with Pat Riley, Eric Spolstra, okay, Andy Ellisberg pulling the strings from a financial perspective and playing with Jimmy Butler. I don't know. I mean, loyal. how far does loyalty go? I guess that would be my – I could be talked into it. Let's just put it that way. Like it, it, it seems to, and being the heir apparent to, you know, the third best shooting guard in history, whose number I wear I, seems pretty good to me. Yeah. Yeah. Going on there where I guess some iteration of three, 13, 23, 33. Can, I don't know. He, he can't, oh, wear, he can't 33. wear 33. He can't wear 33. Yeah. He can't wear one third. No, I don't know. I, I, I hear, I hear what you're saying, Ethan, and obviously we, we found out uh, always after the fact that these guys are always recruiting each other, um, and I would imagine that Brad is probably the prime uh, target for a lot, of, a lot of these players that come play with us, because he would be a great addition to a team that's right on the cusp, but um, as, as you said, and uh, after my wah-wah, I mean, things can change, for sure. Mm-hmm. Loyalty... Um, Although uh, it may gnaw at him, he has, to, he has to think selfishly. He has to think about legacy. And he has to think about um, what gives him the best chance to win now. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I mean, we don't, we don't, I don't even have to say that word, to be, to be honest. Just look at the Wizards. They are rebuilding. Right. No matter what term they try, to, um, they try to, to use to rephrase it, they are in rebuilding mode, especially with John Wall, um, who has the potential to miss all of next season in uh, rehabilitation. So you look at that one more year with the team and who knows what's going to happen. Excuse me. Who knows what's going to happen? So very long answer to say, I I could see your point. For sure. I could see your point. All right, we'll take back the wah wah then. All right, last one here for Candace Buckner. You can follow her (laughs) at Candace D. Buckner. You know what? Here's what we're going to do, Candace. When Beal's traded here, whatever it is, or signs here as a free agent, I'm just going to have all of Heat Twitter because they do this thing called They Can Be You, which is like this. I don't know if you've seen it on Twitter, but it's basically like Marcus can be giving the thumb, like, get out of here. And, like, that's – ah! I, I don't know why that's become a Heat Twitter thing because I, I can't be played against the Heat in those playoff series, but that's become a Heat Twitter thing. And so when when this happens, we're not going to do that. We're just going to give you a big wah-wah, okay, if he ends up down here. But – you say when you're very you know you you should be interviewing yourself at ethan because apparently you have insight you are saying when you you know what it is you know well the jimmy thing i knew was when okay this is this i'm overstating it to say this is a win i've known the jimmy thing was a win for since the very beginning it was like a matter of time basically when that was gonna happen because he wanted to be here he made it clear he made it clear to Dwayne. the heat knew it 
when Riley came out after the season and said, what we really need is a player to state his intentions. They were talking about Jimmy Butler. Okay. And so that one was a win. This is not a win, but this is also a knowing the track record of this organization. And like Pat doesn't do things halfway. Okay. So, you know, it's not saying it's always going to work, but it's saying that clearly this is in their minds that they're figuring out, can it be done now or does it have to be done later? But eventually, I think there's a belief that they may be able to get something done. So I am overstating the win. I'm catering to my audience, Candace. It's what we do when we're trying to sell a podcast. But it's, uh, I think there's a possibility of it. But I want to look at it from the Wizards' perspective uh, to close here. Because, you know, like you said, they're rebuilding. Um, it's never been a place that's attracted a lot of free agents, which I, I've always found a little odd, actually, because I do think D.C. is a great, great area. Um, I mean, whether it's in the city or outside in Arlington and et cetera. But do you think that they – I mean, are they viewing Bradley Beal as their number one piece going forward? Like, if, if they could unload John and, and it cost them Beal to do it and just clear the decks completely, get a bunch of first-round picks, get some expiring contracts, be horrible for a year or two, and just start over, do you think they would want to do that? Or are they saying, okay, we have one piece who's 26 years old, and let's build around that, and we'll just ride out the wall contract. While my definition for superstar is rigid and set, like there are, can only be a handful in Washington, Bradley Bill is the Wizards superstar. So I, I, I do believe they want to build around him. And, and even, uh, I'm going to the quote, so I'll paraphrase, paraphrase when Tommy Shepard was on um, Adrian Wojnarowski's podcast, he um, whether it was a podcast or shoot an interview, but he, he said, you know, the first moment we have a chance to give him the max, we're going to give him that. They, they, they cultivated, they drafted, cultivated, and allowed him, uh, you know, the space and opportunity to be who he has become, Bradley Bill, and they want to keep Bradley Bill. They love Bradley Bill. So he is the guy that they would want to build around, I, I believe. Um, but also, but also, they, they are pumping a lot of resources into the health and wellness of John Wall. So as, as you know, the conversation always shifts towards Brad, in the background, there is that big elephant. And when he does come back, um, they're going to have to deal, they're going to have to deal with, um, you know, uh, a rehabilitated John Wall and integrating him back. But as of right now, just talking about this time and space, yes, he is the one they want to build around. So Isaiah, their starting point guard this year, is that the plan? I believe so. Okay. I think there's going to be some load management happening there, um, okay. but I, I do believe that he's a starter. Okay. Motivated, motivated guy, um, but he definitely will probably be on a minute restriction or just a load management situation. Okay, that makes sense. And, and the final thing, I guess, uh, final thing after the final thing, but it, it, you struck me. <laughs> no when you, said that, you said that Bradley Beal is their superstar. I mean, I'm just thinking about this, the Washington market right now with Bryce Harper gone and with the, yeah, Red, yeah. And with the Redskins kind of rudderless uh, right now. And, it, I mean, they don't have their quarterback. Uh, yeah. And may never. Yeah, Alex Ovechkin. That's, yeah, it, that's it, right, the, uh, right. the face it's, of It's Washington Ovechkin sports. and Beal, right? That's it, right? A that's Russian. Right. <laughs> well, well, Washington. Well, we have one in the White House, Candace, so it's okay. It's, it's fine. <laughs> but, um, boom, I think you up perfectly. We can have one. <laughs> one. Sorry, I just alienated. Now, you know what? It, it's Heat fans. <laughs> it's Dolphin fans. I just alienated most of my audience. Heat, <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> Heat, Heat fans agree with me. Um, 
All right, you can follow her at Candace D. Buckner. Get your Wawa's ready. Get your uh, get your uh, ready. We're, we're gonna check back in with you around the trade deadline uh, when when the heat when the heat unload. Uh, what is it, Dragic and James Johnson to give some expirings to to get this thing done? But uh, no, hey, I'm not, not, not quite that confident. Uh, um, did you did you happen to check out my piece uh, last week? I did not, but you should promote that on here because that's part of what we do. Go ahead. All right, so. Totally oat news, but um, I, obviously, you know, you, when you go to uh, Summer League in Las Vegas, everybody's there. The whole league is there. So I wanted, to get, I wanted to write a story on what smart people in the league, executives, people who do this stuff for a living, who um, know the scuttlebutt, who are interested, who could be p- potentially interested in landing a, a two-time All-Star from Washington. I talked to a lot of those people. And um, the consensus was, I, you know, obviously it's a little bit old, but uh, the consensus the consensus was um, they're not a they weren't sold on Bradley Bill uh, signing this extension that's coming up Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, and although although you could say, well, you know, he could he could still hold out for a super he could still hold out for a super max if he makes All NBA. Yes, right. a lot can happen within those 82 games, and he can make it or he may not. But right. The consensus was from them that they really don't see Brad taking that extension. And it was a sign to them that he just wants to not be locked in. Mm-hmm. This is from, this, no, this is from outsiders. Again, smart, very smart people who mm-hmm. know this league and their executives, their front office people. So their, their consensus was uh, he, he needs to see the direction of the Wizards. And at that time, they had not named Tommy Shepard uh, GM and um, – he, he needs to he needs to see uh, you know how the roster is going to be shaped up. But those people were not expecting Bradley Bill to lock himself into a uh, an extension with the Wizards. Now he does have a obviously he does have a contract extension coming up on um, this Friday, and he mm-hmm. can say yay or nay. And again the the well, the the, uh, the defense of that is well of course he's not going to say yes to a three year extension when he can get the supermax at the end of the year. But I just think there is something to still something to this decision. If, if, and we're not going to be privy to all the private discussions, mm-hmm. but if he doesn't even want to entertain it, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's to me that 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 is interesting and something to something to look out for. And to all the uh, the people who may mock me, I don't have a horse in this race. I know, I know, I I know, I know but, but I will tell you, Candace, uh, since three is not available and 33 is not available, um, the Heat can pull down that stupid Jordan jersey that they have up in the rafters. <laughs> Riley was struggling for relevance that one year. Well, who's 13? Uh, 13 is Mike Miller. He, 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 he made a shot with one shoe. You can't, uh, you, you can't, you can't. Yeah. Right? And All right, they, 43. Now you, you can't. Mike, Mike, Mike is forever down here. You can't do that. Tw- 23 will work. Just pull Jordan's jersey down from there. That's all you have it's to It's funny. Do. He wore 23 in high school. So there you go. There you go. It's done. Candace Buckner on my podcast <laughs> has just has come around. You went from Wat Wat to Friday's going to be really interesting to he wore 23 in high school. Thank you for joining me, Candace. Appreciate it. Hopefully we'll do this after the trade, okay? All right. <laughs> Before we close.
close today's episode, I want to tell you about another of the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. You know them well by now. It's the law office of Seltzer Mayberg. You can find them at onecalllegal.com. That's onecalllegal.com or call 1-855-5000-LAW. They handle cases including but not limited to car accidents, slip and falls, and traffic tickets with a new 15,000 square foot office opening on I-95 in North Miami. They handle cases from all over the state. Call now with 24-7 service for a free consultation. That's onecalllegal.com, 1-855-5000-LAW. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.